Hey everyone, welcome to Susquehanna Valley Church Podcast. My name is Matt Saxinger, and we are blessed that you're here with us again. Uh, we're a podcast where we want to help you talk about stuff you got to talk about, think about stuff you need to think about. And I'm really excited today. I got uh, I got Sonny with me, and uh, Sonny, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, hey Matt, I'm Sonny Robinson. Uh, I pastor a small church in New Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Um, married 36 years. I uh, have a ministry in the nursing home that I've been operating for about a little over 20 years. Um, and I enjoy teaching God's word uh, to those who want to hear it. So I'm glad to be on this podcast with you today. Well, I love it. Um, and that's, that's really the heart of what we want to talk about. I'm really excited about what we want to talk about. Um, our topic is we look at, you know, the climate of what our country is looking at right now. Um, and, and really want to bring it back to God's word because I have opinions on it. You have opinions on it. At the end of the day, it's what God's opinion is that matters. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is our, this is our topic. We want, we want, um, I kind of said, Hey, Sonny, let's talk about this. If we had three passages of scripture, if the church got them right, that would uncomplicate racial tension. Like if we just, if we listen to, let's just pick three. I mean, there's all kinds of them, but if we got it right, it would at least make the mess uncomplicated. We know how to work through a lot of what we're looking at. So I'm excited about that. I know you're excited about that. Um, Real quick, you mentioned being in the the nursing home. Um, Before we dive into that discussion, I just want to hear your heart for that because that's a ministry that I think is especially important and kind of gets overlooked sometimes. So so give me kind of why God called you that, just, just so the people listening know your heart a little bit more. I love it. All right. Um, I started out in the nursing home ministry back in 96. Uh, my pastor took me there uh, one time. I think it was called Leader Nursing Home on King Russ Road. And I enjoyed it so much, just singing and seeing the joy in the, the uh, residents' faces. Uh, we couldn't sing, and they still... <laughs> they still smiled and sang along with us and they enjoyed our presence and something stuck in my heart about that ministry. So um, I started going and I took, when I started preaching, I took over the ministry from my pastor as he moved on to some other things. And uh, my wife, Kim and I, and we, we've been going there since 96, 1996 to the same one, to the same nursing home. And we did a couple others. The blessing is truly in, Uh, having an opportunity as a new pastor in those days to preach uh, God's word and to sing and to fellowship with seasoned saints. I mean, they are not able to get out and um, go to church like they used to, but they look forward to coming to a service in their building. And so when we went in, uh, it was a little hard going after service to do another service, but once you got there and you saw the smiles on your face and the way that they treated us with love and kindness, and they were so grateful for us coming. And um, we, we, it was like we found new moms and dads. And so it was really, uh, that ministry has really been a blessing. It's been closed down now for about four months, but uh, I hope that uh, sometime soon we'll be able to go back in and minister to God's people again. I love it. Um, I love the heart for something that's not going to, not going to pay the bills. You know, you're not doing that because it's, you know, putting food on your table and, and getting your car. You're doing that because you love Jesus. You love the opportunity to preach. And man, James calls that pure and undefiled religion. When we, we love those who are vulnerable. 
Um, so I, I wanted you to share that and share your passion because I think that clues the audience into what I know about your heart, and that is it's really about, it's really about Jesus Christ, um, about bringing people to him. So I love it. That being said, man, um, let's talk about what we're here to talk about. So what, what are, what's your first passage? If, if we got it right as a church, it would just uncomplicate this. Not make it perfect, but at least would uncomplicate it. Okay. I agree with you that the word of God cuts right through a lot of the, mm. <laughs> our thoughts and the things that we perceive in our minds. Uh, but God's word cuts right to the heart of it. And one of the passages that, that I like and that I think speaks to uh, this issue is a very simple one that the church is to do the will of the Lord. That's what we're here for, to, to do the will of God. And sometimes we get distracted with the world and we get caught up in all of these things, you know, in our personal cultures and this and that and how we feel and politics. And it, it just goes on and on and on, personal things that have happened to us. But we're really here to, to do the will of God, and that is to be a light. Uh, to be the light of the world with Christ illuminating from us, uh, to be the salt of the earth. We're here to be um, just uh, ambassadors for the Lord. And I think when we put those things first, um, we're going to do what God called us to do. And so the passage that I found that I, I believe speaks to this is the one, uh, is the great commission that uh, Jesus gave to us in Matthew 28 and 18. Uh, where he came and he spoke to his disciples and he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I, and, I, I love it. I'm, I'm curious. I'm excited to see your connection between our topic and this one. I knew you were going to talk about this text. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think I, I think I see where he's going, but I want to see. So, so you take it. What do you got for us? All right. So when I, when I think about the, uh, the great commission, um, that that was for the disciples that were there. Uh, but in some of the other passages said that there were some that doubted. So I think of many people being there, just a multitude of people, not just the, uh, 11 disciples, but, multitudes of people standing around listening to Jesus, you know, followers of Christ. And I believe what he was telling them that I'm giving you the mission to the world. He, I believe mm -hmm. Jesus was telling them that I am victorious over sin, death, hell, heaven, and earth. And I'm sending you out as victorious ambassadors for me. Um, so I, I think that's what he was saying to them. He was saying that the Father has given me all authority to send you out and to preach that gospel message, that good news that Jesus Christ has come, died, and rose again with all power and authority. Um, and he was just commissioning us to go forth and make more disciples, not get caught up in what's happening in the world on a day-to-day -day 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 basis because we can get distracted so easily but to go out and make more disciples through teaching the word of God to all nations. Then he said, I want you, after you have taught them and converted them through the teaching of the word, to take, tell them to take a step of obedience, their first step of obedience by 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. And, it, and I believe that every Christian, every Christian is a disciple or a follower of God, and we have an opportunity uh, to go out and determine the ministry that Christ has for us. I was a pew sitter one day, and uh, God just got in my heart, and it lifted me off the pew to go out and find what God had for me to do. And that happened to be ministry, which is something that I wouldn't have chosen, but he chose it for me. And, How it works, yep. <laughs> yeah. And it says, and even he says, I will be with you always, even until the end of the world or the age. So I love it. I'll so, so what, like for the person out there that's focusing energy and thought and time into, into this other mission, you're saying, hey, let's bring it back to and remember no matter what, our central mission is what Jesus gave us. Absolutely. It's so easy. We can get distracted by our personal uh, life. Um, things that have happened to us. Uh, our culture can trip us up, trying to stick to the culture and, and not be a part of the new kingdom. Jesus said, behold, old things are passed away. All things are become new. So we become new creatures in Christ with a new agenda and a new heart filled with the Holy Spirit of God. I love it. And I think we have to come to this and, and bring that and bring that priority and that intentionality to anything we talk about with any sort of issue that we're not even just race and, and, you know, oppression and, and all the stuff that we're talking about that my number one mission has always got to be the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring people to a saving relationship with him. I, obviously with the spirit's help, Absolutely. Um, you know, got to have that. But I, I need to remember that when I'm engaging on this level of discussion, there's a deeper level of discussion that, that is more important. And so me sharing my opinions here is secondary to me sharing my opinions about who Jesus is and, and trying to get people to that point. Um, th that's the way I see it. And I love your heart there. Is there anything else that you want us to see about that passage? Well, I, I think that we all have this personal mission that we should undertake, that Christ is speaking to us. You know, he was speaking to the disciples, but they were given as an example for us to follow. And so I believe he was speaking to every believer and naming us as ambassadors, representative of the kingdom. And so as a representative of the kingdom, we all should have this, his mission in front of us, and that is to win the loss uh, to the kingdom, to, to, to win the loss, not fight these battles, but win the loss to the kingdom. I, it's, you're speaking my heart for sure, because uh, for some, some reason in church history in America, the mission of a church switched from going to attending. Mm. It, wasn't, it, it used to be going to the world, but now it's attending is mm -hmm. our number one mission. We got to go to church. We got to go to church. And don't get me wrong. I'm a pastor. I obviously like when people go to church. But our big priority is not to go to a building. Our big, big priority is to, to take the gospel to people who are lost and separated from Jesus Christ and try and bring them, you know, bring them the truth. So. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because the churches were shut down and some of them are still shut down. So there is no going to church right now. I mean, some are going back, but. 
yeah once there was no going to church and how did you represent christ when you didn't physically get up on sunday morning did you still have a witness in your heart monday morning for the lost have a heart for the lost that you might come across during that day yeah we learn a lot about ourselves at a time when we're not expected to do things and uh, our challenge to the congregation has been you know take ownership of your spirituality you've got to be in charge of this and so we bring it back to Matthew 28 and, you know, in a climate where the world is volatile, don't yeah. get distracted about what your real mission is. Your real mission is not survival. Your real mission is not attending. Your real mission is going forward with the gospel. So, all right, that was, that was your first one. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give you right. a passage that I think if we got it right, would, would uncomplicate racial tension. Um, and, and so we'll go to Genesis chapter three all the way back to the beginning. So you got in the middle. I'm going to go to the beginning. Um, and, and I say this because I think we've got to get this whole issue figured out, right? Um, mm-hmm. This isn't going away, but we as a church, man, we should be at the forefront of loving people who are different than us, of listening and understanding. And, and we're on the same mission. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, the color of our skin does not change the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ is what paid for us to be with him forever. And so, so we've got to get this figured out. The other thing is I was reading a book the other day and it talked about how um, in the year 2040, if current trends continue, that America will no longer be a majority minority country, will be a plurality. And so I look at that and I see that's, that's a huge statistic to think about. We as a church have got to get really good at crossing cultures because they're going to be everywhere to cross. Mm -hmm. How do we love people? I think Genesis 3 is, is, to me, one of the big keys here. Uh, so we go back in the garden. Adam and Eve, they just have sinned. Uh, they've eaten from the tree, and God's going to show up, and they're going to hide. And I just want us, I want us to look at, at mankind's first response, what, he, what sin has done within him when, when, he, when he finally eats, you know, when he eats and what, what that first response is, because every one of us has probably done this today. All right, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and verse eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. So he's been caught right now. Mm-hmm. You've got to own up to it. Um, and, and so God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Here it is. This is what we do. The man said, like every man since then has said some (laughs) version of this. The woman, the woman who you gave, not Eve, not my wife, the woman (laughs) you gave to be with me, not the one that I I wanted, the one that you gave to Uh be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Mm -hmm. And, And my issue that I think is huge. And I see it all the time when I do marriage counseling and I'm sitting back and watching like what's going on with this racial tension stuff. And I'm going, this is like a big marriage argument. You got like a husband and a wife right now who are just like saying, this is about white guilt or this is about black oppression. And this is just going on back and forth, back and forth. And I'm going like, you guys just like stop talking for a second and let's try to understand what people are saying, because I think there's a lot of what happened in Genesis 3 happening right now, and it's one word, it's blame. Blame. Our chief prerogative right now has naturally, from sin, 
It's to mm -hmm. step away from responsibility mm -hmm. and blame somebody else. This mm -hmm. isn't my fault. It's because of their crime and their mm -hmm. choices. Or this isn't my fault. It's because of their oppression. And, their, and, and look, I'm not going to solve the problem <coughs> of who's actually at fault. God is a God of justice. And I have no doubt that he'll be able to figure that out just fine. But what I'm looking at is we, we have to understand something about the nature of blame. You see it in Genesis 3. When we step away from responsibility, we step away from relationship. That's a problem when we're talking about God's command to love people. Love one another as you've loved me. And we're going, mm, I got to step away from them because, God, you don't know what they're doing. They're doing this, this, and this. And look, I, I'm being honest with you. I heard both sides here have said it, people in the church and people in the community. And I'm going, look, you got to understand that the second that you blame somebody, you take a step away from them. And how can you love them if you're backing away while you're trying to love them? It doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Well, one of the things that you said uh, kind of triggered uh, something I was thinking. He says all nations. So he's calling people from every people group. I mean, he's calling people into the kingdom. And, and sometimes we're saying, I won't sit down with this person down here, uh, but in heaven I will if, if God chooses to let him in. And he said, go to every nation and tell them the good news. So I think sometimes we, we're ready to, to argue and bicker about something with other people instead of telling them, Hey, listen, you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. And if we love Christ, we're going to make it in. If we trust Christ and believe in Christ, we're both going to be sitting down at the table eating in heaven together, you know, and we're going to please God. We're going to please, we can please God now by loving one another right here on earth, you know, before we say, well, if I get to heaven when there's no sin, then I'll love you. But Jesus didn't do that for us. I mean, God loved us while we were yet sinning. Christ died for us. And I, I just believe that he was the perfect example of what true love is when you talk about loving your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of people say, well, who is my neighbor? And we saw that Jesus taught us uh, that the neighbor was just somebody in need. Somebody, our neighbor is just somebody who needs something and, or is lost or is broken or is damaged. Like, like the, uh, the man on the road who was robbed and, and, and he went and, the, the, the one person came by and, and he, he helped him. He, he stepped in and he, he lent a hand to him and he, gave, he, he bandaged him up and he, he set him up to be healed um, and he stood by him. And I, I believe that that's what it means when Jesus talks about loving, loving your neighbor as yourself, you know, looking at somebody else's situation and like you said, not, not backing up from them, but stepping toward them to, to, to help them, to aid them, to, to see their need and to um, find a way to reach in where Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might win some to Christ. And that's, that's a huge uh, statement for me. Um, I, I, I try and roll that over in my head over and over that, that he be to the Jew, he became uh, Jewish in their culture and everything else, just so that he might, because we don't know who is called into the kingdom. God doesn't tell us who's called into the kingdom. So we, 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 we come around people every day and we don't know if they've been chosen by God before the foundation of the, 
of the world to become a saint of God. And, and yet we have to take that gospel message that he talked about and tell them the good news that Christ died for you. And what does it take to get to that point, but to show love to them and show compassion for them. And I find it very interesting sometimes. You can cut me off at any time, but we had an, we have, we have, I ran across an incident where this person was really, really rough with the, the mouth and the things that they were saying. And I mean, very vulgar. And it's something about that person that, that it's like the spirit of God is saying, don't walk away, but go to them. And, and, and somehow maybe God will open a door that I might be able to witness to them and tell them about the love of Christ that, you know, that, that they could get rid of that vulgarity that comes through and that it's a defense really to keep people wow. away from them. And you can see it's just a defense, but the person is a sweet person. But it's all of that defense first. And if you could break down that defense and tell them about the love of God, what a wonderful saint I believe they could possibly become. I, I love that because what it does is it really, those two passages combined. And we didn't, I didn't choose mine knowing you were going to choose yours and you didn't choose yours. You, don't, you know, yeah. it just worked out this way. But if you, uh, if you're, if you're too busy blaming, you're mm -hmm. not going to be looking for the opportunity Absolutely. to follow the spirit of God here. All right. So look, here, here's what we're going to do. We, we've talked for a little while. We're going to, we're going to put kind of a pause on this. We're going to end part one. We're going to make this two part podcast. Okay. Cause I want to come back and I, and I know you got another passage of scripture and, and I got some more thoughts on the one that we're just talking about. Uh, but I want to, I want to, I want to keep it to, to, uh, you know, about the time that we're looking at here. Um, I, I love this first challenge. So let's wrap it up with this first challenge, right? All right. We got a priority. Number one, we're on a mission. That's right. And that, that mission supersedes any, any other agenda that I might have, political, mm -hmm. opinion-based, historical in my own life. It's just, being right, just being right. Yeah, <laughs> just being right. Yeah. We just want to be right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> facts. Amen. And, and, and then if we, if we let go of the blame and we say, this person doesn't really, first of all, it's not my, it's not my responsibility to be judged in every situation. I got to get off that. We're going to talk about that in the second second podcast here um, but if i get off of the blame idea and i stop trying to step away from people i can step towards them i can love them and i can be be at a place where we share the gospel and then if i am right it'll come out in the end it doesn't really matter anyway because that person is going to be you know yeah all right so if thank you everybody for listening in the second podcast is going to be really powerful um so uh check us out and uh and just really be looking for times in your heart when you try to blame situations, a step away from responsibility, so stepping forward in relationship, and how that muddies the water with your number one task to try and share the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. So thanks Amen. for stopping in and uh, check us out next time. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>